Yo, this is David back again with another episode of the Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. This is episode number one forty. Um, yeah, not a themed episode this time around, but um, I'd say probably by uh, the next three or four episodes, I might bust out another one. We'll see. All right, let's go to Norway here. Several Norwegian bands on this one. This is a four-piece that's been going since 2014. And they are basically um, a thrash band, but they're kind of fall in that vein of more what they call brutal thrash, which just basically means it's thrash, but just has harsher vocals than your typical thrash band. It's not quite black and thrash, but, uh, but it's close. And uh, that band is Shakma, and I was a big fan of their debut, which came out in uh, in 2018. I think that was something I first heard on Radio Fenris, which I sound like a broken record there saying that. Um, but really enjoyed that one, and they finally released uh, a follow-up on uh, March 17th on St. Patty's Day here of this year. So the album is called On Tenebrous Wings, and that came out through Duplicate Records, and I really dig it. They haven't lost much. I mean, it's been five years in between albums here, but they they sound right on par with the debut, I would say. I, I honestly have not checked to see if they've had any significant uh, lineup changes or anything like that during this gap. Um, but if they did, it hasn't affected their sound in any way that I can hear anyways. But uh, yeah, this was definitely a nice, uh, pleasant surprise to see that they were finally coming out with a sophomore record here. So here we go, off of the new album on Tenebrous Wings, this is Shakma with Ancient Power.
All right, there we go. That is Shakma from Norway with Ancient Power. Kind of a fun fact here. I don't know this for sure, but I'm kind of doing my context clues here. Um, I saw that Shakma is from the same town where um, Enslaved kind of got its start, where they used to rehearse and things like that in their early days. And I was kind of putting two and two together because I was recently re-watching um, the 12-part YouTube documentary series for Enslaved called Heimwegen. Each one's about 20 to 25 minutes long, and it's just kind of goes through their whole career up till now, and focuses on different eras and things like that. But it's really inspiring. That's why I kind of tend to rewatch it. This is my third time watching it now since they first um, released it maybe a year or two ago. I'm not even sure. But at one point, they're standing in this old facility uh, in their old rehearsal room. And, you know, they're talking about how much different it looks, how they've painted the walls and blah, blah, blah. So there was another band that uses that room now and has the whole room decked out in, like, black metal... Um, posters and flags and things like that and one of which um, was a big Shakma uh, flag and the more I look at it and I'm like okay so Shakma's from that town and there's really only one facility in that town to use for rehearsing and it's got the big Shakma flag inside of that room I'm like I guarantee that's their room like they're probably using Enslaved's old rehearsal room as their rehearsal room now so I don't know that to be true but I'm kind of putting things together there. Um, all right, we're staying in Norway here, out of Bergen. This is a four-piece, uh, started in 93, kind of had some black metal touches here and there, but uh, ultimately has uh, become more and more of a death metal band as their career has moved forward. That is Eternus. And uh, Eternus is probably best known for having the band member Ares, who's I think probably the only original member left at this point, but he um, kind of became more known not only for Eternus, but he was a live um, bass player for Immortal whenever Abbott first made the switch from bass to guitar and Demonos was no longer playing live with the band. Um, Ares was um, their live bass player for about a year there and I think they asked him if he wanted to join permanently, but he declined. Um, so that's kind of where I first heard about him, was just kind of in Immortal's uh, bio, and then uh, it prompted me to check out Eternus from there. And their quality has been hit and miss, you know, it's always been pretty good, but um, not the most memorable of death metal, and seems like, you know, they've kind of fallen out of favor with their last few albums as far as uh, critical acclaim and fan uh, reviews and ratings and stuff like that. They They don't seem to care much for their more recent records but the early stuff um, is really cool because it has some keyboards in there and just more like little acoustic guitar sections and things that just kind of create more of a mood and I think that combined with kind of that uh, that mid-90s uh, production kind of uh, works in their favor so their first couple of releases are actually uh, kind of somewhat special to me so uh, a lot of people love the debut. I'm going to play something off of the second album. I love the debut as well, but I think this album uh, is equally as strong. So the album is called And So the Night Became. And that came out in 98 through Hammerheart Records. That's their second album out of eight, I believe they're up to now. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and play the title track here as it remains my favorite one off of the album. So here we go from Norway off of their album And So the Night Became. This is Eternus with 
And so the night became.
All right. It just kind of cuts off there. That was Eternus from Bergen with And So the Night Became. Um, yeah, like I said, the debut and that second one are both kind of in that same vein, and I think uh, it just works really well. Uh, from there on out, they kind of become more and more death metal from there. Um, but yeah, like Ares was also uh, like a session member with Gorgoroth, I think. He did participated in something on the Destroyer album, uh, but who didn't, if you look at the list of people that participated on that one. But other members of uh, Eternus throughout the years have been kind of session members or live members of Gorgoroth at some point, so I guess they have some sort of uh, friendship going on. All right, we're going to the USA here, out of Nebraska initially, I believe, and they've since moved to the thriving death metal metropolis that is Kansas City, Kansas. Um, the band is called Garotted with one T, uh, so it's G-A-R-O-T-E-D. Been going since 2008. I know nothing of them. Um, the only reason I'm playing them is because uh, this guy Alex, who's been you know in the Dallas scene for years and um, excellent guitar player. I've seen him played shows with him in several bands over the years and stuff like that. Um, he posted something from this band and uh, and said, you know, really digging this band lately. Uh, some really good uh, dim mock vibes, you know, which of course is the uh, the other band from all kind of comes from that ripping corpse tree of bands, which of course had uh, Eric Rutan and and then led to Hate Eternal, and you know, of course he was in Morbid Angel and all that. But Sean Kelly, uh, the other guitar player from Ripping Corpse, he was in Hate Eternal for a time, and then he's out. Uh, but he had this band called Dim Mock, which was another. Um, death metal band and it kind of had its own style so I can kind of hear it a little bit in this band I don't quite agree with Alex's uh, assessment there but it prompted me to at least check this band out because he shared uh, a YouTube video I think of one of their songs and it was cool it's not really my style these days in terms of the really aggressive brutal stuff um, but it is quite well done I will say that and um, really it's just a band I hadn't really seen anything of or heard anything of prior, so I just figured I would uh, play it on the episode and kind of share it, share it around. So here we go. Um, I'm going to play something off of their third album. They've got four records at this point. Uh, third album's called Abyssal Blood Sacrifices, and that came out uh, in July of 2017 through Sorted Curse Productions, which is not a label I'm familiar with either. But, um, yeah, it's not bad. It's not really my thing these days unless I am in just the right mood for it but um, but there's definitely something in there for the for your your death metal fans out there so here we go off of abyssal blood sacrifices this is garroted with galvanized it's really quite simple all life is a physical and chemical process correct it stands to reason then that if one could find extremely fresh specimens and recharge that chemical process bang we have reanimation <laughs>
There we go. That is garroted from Kansas these days with galvanized. Uh, we're going back to Norway here. This is the third time out of the first four tunes here. Um, out of mostly Oslo. I don't think every member is there, but that's kind of where they have their home base. Uh, they've been going since 1993. It is Dimu And, of course, they have ascended to uh, the heights of popularity that a lot of other black metal bands have not uh, over the years. Um, I've played stuff from newer albums. I've played stuff from older albums with them. I'm kind of going in the middle here with this one. Uh, I'm going to play something off of Death Cult Armageddon, and that came out in September of 03 through Nuclear Blast, and that's their sixth album out of nine. And I remember really looking forward to this one because... Uh, my friend Chris had gotten into them heavily right around the time that uh, Puritanical Euphoric Misanthropia had come out, and it was probably around that 2002 um, time frame that we were heavily into it. He kind of got me into it. Um, yeah, I got into them and Borknagar's uh, Empiricism record right around that same time. Um, but yes, we were, at the time, all over their message board. Their message board covered... Anything and everything. You can go to one that was exclusively Dimu, you know, related, or their general topics one. And we used to just live on there. Like, there was all kinds of random topics. People would just pose these questions of, like, you know, which do you think is a better black metal vocalist, this guy or that guy, and just have all these debates. But they started kind of leaking out these little teasers and things like that, and album cover and song titles and stuff like that, and we were really just uh, eating it up. 
and could not wait for this uh, this album to come out because we really liked Puritanical and we're looking forward to a follow-up and uh, you know we heard about uh, some of the guest people on there like Abbath uh, from Immortal was a guest on I think two of the songs and um, we just knew there was going to be even more big orchestration and stuff like that um, and yeah it, it, it delivered the production was different it was not as bright um, and loud you know as puritanical was but it was still everything was really clear but I always feel like this is kind of uh, Nick Barker's like crowning achievement to me like even more so than the stuff he did in Cradle um, and even more so than the stuff he did on puritanical I think the drumming on this record is so tight and really well executed and um, the fast parts are even faster but there's a lot of kind of slow and mid-tempo parts um, on this album and it's really just uh, expanded out more diverse of a record than puritanical was and this one is actually my favorite and it's one of the slower ones on the album honestly has a long intro um, I thought about kind of cutting it down a little but I'm gonna leave it I kind of like the uh, the build up here but um, great record and we loved it of course uh, so here we go off of their sixth album from 2003 called Death Cult Armageddon. This is Dimu Borgir with Unorthodox Manifesto.
Alright. I'll jump in while it's fading out. I love that song. It just has a great mood to it. I love that opening riff. Um, but yeah, that, that album really ascended them to crazy heights of popularity, mostly because of... Um, oh, what's that song? Progenies of the Great Apocalypse? That's really kind of the one that um, is probably still their most popular song, I'd say. Um... And then it was all downhill from there. Uh, we're going to Italy here, out of Milan. This band is called End, and they existed initially from 2004 to 2008. And then they regrouped in 2012, and they're still going now. Um, they released a debut. They didn't really release much of anything in that first period from 04 to 08. Uh, they did release a debut album in 2018, and uh, they just released their second album, uh, actually, I don't even think it's out yet. Honestly, they've just released a few bits uh, here and there. But um, it might be out now. I think it's out now. I swear I saw the whole record. Anyways, the album's called Hunter, and that's coming out through and a label I can't pronounce, but uh, you can look that up. But yeah, I really don't know much about them. This was just shared on, uh, I think it was the Black Metal Promotion uh, Facebook page, you know, I've talked about them before, how they'll share um, a new song or a new album that gets released, and they'll kind of do like a premiere, album premiere on their channel, and um, it's great. It exposes me to a lot of stuff that I otherwise wouldn't even really know about or knew was being released, um, so yeah, it's kind of a cool page to follow, but yeah, this popped up on there, and I hadn't heard them before, just black and white you know, cover and uh, interesting logo. So I was like, all right, let's check this out. So it's really nothing special. It's pretty straightforward, uh, kind of raw black metal, but it's it's not bad. It's it's pretty well done. And, um, you know, I, there's a ton of people that are a fan of the kind of more lo-fi, um, just more raw, straightforward black metal. And this is for you. This is not uh, any real lightning-fast uh, Marduk-type stuff. It's definitely more in the mid-tempo um, vein. And it's just pretty solid. That's really all I can say about it. I don't know much else about these guys, but heard it on that Facebook page and said, this isn't bad. I'm going to write them down as a future band to play. So here we go, off of their new album, Hunter. This is End from Italy with The Grave, Hunter Part 2.
That is End from Milan, Italy with The Grave Hunter Part 2. Um, all right, we're going to the USA here out of Colorado. Traditional heavy metal band that initially existed from 81 to 88, and then they uh, regrouped in 93 with a different singer, and that only lasted for one album, and then the original singer came back, and they've been going strong ever since. They've had some pretty long gaps in between albums, but uh, they are still active and still going. That band is Jag Panzer, and Jag Panzer is one that um, myself and my friend Chris, I'll mention him again, uh, we were big fans of Iced Earth back in the day, the early part of high school, and we would always see in the thank you list and those Iced Earth albums, they would always thank Blind Guardian, and they would thank Jag Panzer, and that's how we first checked out both of those bands was based on that. And um, I was a big fan of Thane to the Throne, and then the album that followed that, Mechanized Warfare, um, we played the hell out of those, and I still will put them on just randomly, seemingly every four months or so. I'll just kind of be in the mood for some Jag Panzer and put on one of those albums. Uh, the albums that followed that, I think Casting the Stones was pretty good, but it was a more aggressive album, and some of the fans didn't like that. I didn't care. I thought it was great. Um, but then they had some lineup changes, you know, they lost uh, Chris Broderick on lead guitar whenever he joined Megadeth, and they've kind of had several lead guitar players, you know, come through since, but the rest of the band has always been, um, very steady. Uh, Harry Conklin's voice doesn't seem to age, I mean, the guy still sounds exactly the same as he did, uh, when I first heard them, and, uh, but they're releasing a new album called The Hollowed. Um, that's coming out in June of this year through Atomic Fire Records. It's going to be their 11th album overall, and it's their first one in six years, which has kind of become the theme with them. Like, it seems to be kind of every five or six years, almost like Metallica. They just take their sweet time. Um, but the last one was good. The name of the record is escaping me, but uh, it was definitely a, like a return to form type record. But this one, they've only released one single from it, which I'm about to play. And this one sounds like it could have come straight off of Thane to the Throne, like right down to the production and everything just takes me right back to when I first uh, heard them and got me really excited. So I sent this to uh, to my friend Chris and said, this is really <laughs> sounding good, sounding like the mechanized warfare days, you know, and he agrees. But um, great song, great chorus. Harry sounds great still. And uh, really looking forward to this new one. So here we go off of their upcoming album, The Hallowed. Coming out in June, this is Jag Panzer with Onward We Toil.
we go. That is Jag Panzer with Onward We Toil. And yeah, that definitely gives me a nostalgic vibe and um, really looking forward to that one coming out in a couple of months. All right, we're going to Germany here. This is a two-piece that's been going since 92 that I've heard of and I've heard several songs of theirs and just kind of shrugged my shoulders at it and said, all right, it's not bad. And that is Mystic Circle. And um, a lot of people really like them, though. And they're coming out with their ninth album. Actually, it's already out. It came out on March uh, 17th. Um, called Erzdemon, and that came out through Fireflash Records, and uh, it's gotten some decent reviews and things like that, um, so I checked it out, and it's good, but the production bothers me. It is so punchy and so clear and so loud and in your face that I think it's a disservice to the material. I almost feel like a more subdued, um, kind of more dynamic production would actually do it some good there instead of it being just so loud and everything up front and um, but it's very much you know just melodic modern black metal um, there's not a lot here that kind of harkens back to the uh, the glory 90s days or whatever but uh, I doubt that's what they're going for anyways but um, yeah certainly not bad and uh, just kind of falls into that kind of more modern uh, category for me uh, different production, we might be having a different conversation here. So here we go off of their new album, their ninth album, Erzdemon. This is Mystic Circle with Welcome to the Midnight Mass.
there we go from Germany that was mystic circle with welcome to the midnight mass uh, okay we're going to Sweden here this band uh, was around in the 90s during the the big black metal scene back then from 94 to 95 very short-lived but then they uh, regrouped in 2021 only one original guy but they are a three-piece there's a couple of newer members that band is Nauthis, and that's N-A-U-T-H-I-S. Uh, the only reason I came across them is because I've, I was kind of going down a enslaved rabbit hole, you know, after re-watching their little 12-part documentary. I started going through their entire catalog, so just from demo uh, all the way up to current, and I'm still not done yet. Um, I've been kind of doing it in three sections, and... I am up to kind of the final leg of the race, <laughs> so the last, you know, four albums or so. But anyways, um, of course, the drummer they had kind of during that middle period was Dirge Rep. And he was only there for, whew, he was there for one, two, three, four records. So pretty good chunk of their discography there. But he was always a more straightforward uh, drummer, and it didn't surprise me that he left to kind of do more straightforward, you know, black metal stuff. They were starting to go more proggy, and it just didn't suit his style. But um, but anyways, I was just kind of checking through, you know, some of these old members from Enslaved and seeing what they're doing now. And I saw that he's now drumming in this band. Um, so I've never heard of him, checked it out, and it's, eh, it's alright. This song's kind of catchy, surprisingly, but it's it's just very straightforward, just normal black metal. Nothing really revolutionary going on here, but there's no album yet. Um, they did a demo in 94, and then since reforming, they just did a single last year in 2022, and then a new single this year that just came out. Um, so yeah, I mean, if nothing else, that's kind of the claim to fame for this, is that it has Dirge Rep on drums <laughs> right now. That's about it. But uh, I'm going to play that newest single that, uh, that they released on February 1st of this year. Uh, both of those singles have been released uh, just independently, just digitally. Um, and I'm sure it's out there on their, on their band camp and all that. I came across this on YouTube, and um, I think both the singles are out there. I don't know about that demo from 94. But uh, yeah, it's not, you know, it doesn't do much to highlight his drum talents or anything like that. It's just very straightforward. Ordinary black metal, but that's not that's not a bad thing. Uh, so here we go from their new digital single that just came out in February. This is Nauthus from Sweden with End of the Rope.
There we go. That is Nothis from Sweden with End of the Rope. So there's not a lot to it, but it's done pretty well and it's kind of catchy. Like some of the riffs they use in that are kind of catchy to me at least. Um, Alright, we're going to the UK here out of Liverpool. This band uh, are something of pioneers of kind of the more um, gore, medical related gore, um, <laughs> kind of thrashy death metal. It's Carcass, so they existed from 86 to 96, and then uh, reformed in 07, and they're still going now. And I've kind of slagged on Carcass in the past because I just didn't see what the big deal was about the early albums. Of course, I wasn't really uh, focused on that type of music back in that time frame, but because um, I was a wee child when they were releasing their, their more gory records back in the day. But... Um, I always kind of fell into this category of like I could never get into Carcass but I like several bands that are supposedly like heavily influenced by Carcass bands like Impaled and stuff like that so it really wasn't until they released their comeback album called Surgical Steel and that came out in 2013 um, that's when I was just like okay this is an awesome record really like this a lot and um, kind of makes you go back and listen to some of the older records and you kind of gain a new appreciation for them you know heart work especially was a bit different for them at the time but i think it's a phenomenal record um but yeah since then they've released another album called torn arteries which is uh equally as good to me i really like that album a lot as well so they just came through on tour um i think they're still in the early stages of the tour honestly uh they're on tour with municipal waste and sacred reich and creeping death and so yeah they came through and played Dallas at the Granada Theater so I went out and saw them just this past Tuesday my first time ever seeing Carcass and they were great they were phenomenal um, I think playing after Municipal Waste was hard because Municipal Waste say what you will about them they're a phenomenal live band and it's really high energy and it's a real party atmosphere party vibe with them and they had people stage diving and going crazy and then Carcass came out there and while they were great it definitely didn't hold up to the energy level that Municipal Waste uh, was putting out there but uh, yeah the guys sounded great um, played very tight and it was uh, it was a good set list I thought so uh, really cool to see them but yeah it prompted me just to be listening through a lot of Carcass stuff in the uh, couple of weeks leading up to this show and all that so I decided to put them on the episode so I'm going to play something off of Surgical Steel. came out in September of 2013. Like I said, it was their big comeback album. That's album number six out of seven that they've done now. And that came out through Nuclear Blast. And um, really good production. Uh, suits the music really well. And just sounds great. So here we go. Off of Surgical Steel. This is Carcass with Unfit for Human Consumption. <laughs> Let's 
think I might have messed up and cut off the end of that tune by accident, but whatever. It was at the end. Uh, Alright, that was Carcass with Unfit for Human Consumption. Um, Alright, we're going back to Germany here. This is a five-piece that's been going since uh, 2015. Called Throne, but with no E at the end. It's just T-H-R-O-N. And I came across them on Facebook. I don't think it was through Black Metal Promotion, but I think it was just some other Facebook page, similar type thing, that had shared um, this new album of theirs. And uh, I checked it out and thought it was pretty cool. I really don't know much else about their early work. They've released four albums up to this point. Uh, but they got records in 2017, 2018, 2021, and then now in 2023. Um, it's definitely almost like Mystic Circle in the sense that it's very modern black metal, melodic black metal, um, really punchy production, a little more exciting, I would say, um, as far as the riffing goes and the drumming goes. Um, still not for everybody, still not really for me, honestly. It's a little too clean and punchy, I don't know. The, the production, I, I never used to be such a production snob but because um, there's all those people who hate the really rough production and can't get into black metal because they say oh if this had good production it would be so much better and I'm kinda of the opposite like I don't want it to be super raw and un borderline unlistenable but I'm the opposite in the sense that I'm just I'm kinda of done with bands having just this big super crystal clear punchy kick drums way in your face and stuff and it's just too much of that going on but uh, but the riffing kind of makes up for it in, in this album. Uh, the album, I'm going to play something off the newest one, it's called Dust. came out on March 31st of this year through Listenable Records. And it's a pretty good record. Um, there's a few songs that kind of stand out to me. This one did for sure. Um, I like this one a lot, so I'm going to play this one for you guys. But I have not heard the first three records, so I kind of want to go back and check those out and see if they all kind of have that same type of production or if maybe the earlier stuff sounds a little different. I don't know. I need to check it out. But anyways, off of the new album Dust, this is Throne with The Golden Calf.
There we have it. That is Throne from Germany with the Golden Calf. Uh, like I said, even though the production is a little too pristine for, for my taste, um, the riffs are tasty in that song. I like that one a lot. Um, Alright, we're going back to Norway here and back to Bergen, no less. Uh, this band existed from 88 to 92 and has been mentioned many times over the years just because of who was in the band at various points. The band is Old Funeral, and they uh, are probably best known for having Abbeth from Immortal in there for a while, and then also having Varg from Burzum in there for a little while. I don't think their paths ever crossed where they were playing at the same time. Um, but yeah, they just kind of released some demos in 89 and 90, and they put out an EP in 91, and that was kind of the end of it, and then uh, you know other bands kind of sprouted uh, from that. I think one of the guys from the uh, Norwegian thrash band The Battalion was also in there as well. Um, but they had different vocalists, you know, Abbeth, he did um, either bass and vocals or guitar and vocals for a bit, and then they had somebody else do vocals on a different demo. But they put out a compilation in 2013 called Our Condolences, and it was everything they did from 88 to 92. And that came out through Soul Cellar Records. Um, I don't even know if you could acquire the demos individually or even the EP individually at this point. Um, so these kind of compilations are kind of your best bet. But it's uh, a little tricky to navigate through because they kind of have the same songs on there more than once, but it's different lineups, you know. Um, some versions have Abbott doing the vocals, other ones have the whoever the vocalist was that followed him uh, on vocals. and So I kind of had to kind of sift through a little bit and look at the liner notes and all that to kind of figure out which ones have Abbott on it because I wanted to play that. And honestly, his voice sounds better with these songs. The other guy's uh, delivery was much more low and kind of guttural, and uh, Abbott kind of has more character to his voice. Um, doesn't sing like he does in Immortal or anything like that. He hadn't really found that voice yet. But, um, but yeah, the song's not bad either. I mean, I'm not just playing it for the sake of playing it. It's truly not, not bad. Uh, some of their demo stuff was pretty rough, but this one actually is kind of a listenable production and uh, some decent performances here. So, off of the uh, Our Condolences compilation from 2013, this is Old Funeral with Skin and Bone. <laughs>
was old funeral from bergen norway with skin and bone um yeah that's one of their better sounding uh recordings as well um uh, but you can still hear that little trace of abbath in there you know of what his voice would eventually turn into you can kind of tell it's him uh all right we're going to finland here this is a two-piece that's been going since 2017 and they uh, put out one album so far that came out in July of last year. The al- uh, the album, the artist, is called Pestilent Hex, and the album is called The Ashen Abhorrence, and that came out, as I said, July of 2022 through Debemer Morty Productions. And this is kind of a recurring, you know, thing that's been going on in this episode, as it's kind of clean production, more modern black metal. But um, I like this one. This one, this one might be my favorite of the three I've played so far. Because um, there was what was it, Mystic Circle, and then Throne from Germany, and then uh, now this one. But um, I, I really liked this album, and I can't remember what led me to it. I want to say it was a a different band, and I was looking up their members, or, you know, current or former members, and it had this, one of their members had this band as their current project, so I was like, ooh, I haven't heard them, let's check it out. I can't remember who it was, though. I could be mistaken altogether, but uh, stuff just kind of, I just fall down rabbit holes of of these chains of members, past members, and what are they doing now, and then, you know, leads me to other things, so yeah, I just kind of fell into it and, and found this band. But um, but really enjoy this this debut album of theirs. So here we go. I don't have much else on it. So here we are off of the debut album, The Ashen Abhorrence. This is Pestilent Hex with Chapter Five, Old Hag. How could you not love that title?
There we have it. That is Pestilent Hex from Finland with Chapter 5, Old Hag. And again, that record is called The Ashen Abhorrence, and it's a damn good record. I suggest you check it out. All right, we're going to Vancouver, Canada here. This band has been going since 2015, and that is Worm Witch. And really like this band. I can't remember where I first heard them from, but I know, you know, the second album, I didn't really know about them uh, from their debut, but the second record called Heaven That Dwells Within, uh, that came out in 2019, and that was uh, a really good album that I enjoyed a lot. A couple years later, they released uh, their third album called Wolf Hex, and that one didn't grab me quite as much. It was still good, but it didn't grab me quite as much uh, as the second record did. Um, I assume they're working on number three, since it's been a couple of years now, but they're about to release. I, I don't have an actual release date on it, um, but they're going to be releasing a split with Sadistic Ritual, who I love. Um, excellent thrash band and um, but they released their song from it I guess just as a single I don't know if it's just one song a piece no idea but all I know is um, they didn't even really announce a split it just plainly says it on the front cover of the of the single artwork that it's a split with sadistic ritual so no idea when the full thing's coming out uh, it says it's gonna be released independently so I guess this is just something they decided they wanted to do together and they're just gonna release it probably on their Bandcamp pages and post it on Spotify and stuff and just leave it at that I guess I have no idea um, but yeah they released uh, their song from it Wormwitch did and um, it's really good and to me it sounds better than anything I heard on uh, on Wolf Hex so it's got me excited here. I wanna, I want more stuff like this. And um, but they've never put out a bad album. It's just that Wolf Hex just didn't quite grab me uh, quite as much. But um, yeah, this new song excites me. So it was, uh, it was cool to hear some new Worm Witch, and uh, definitely want to check out this split because I love Sadistic Ritual as well. So yes, here we go. Um, off of their what I assume is upcoming split with Sadistic Ritual. This is Worm Witch from Canada with Weapons Against Despair.
Alright, there we go. From Vancouver, Canada, that was Wormwitch with Weapons Against Despair. And uh, I really like that song a lot. And I like the production on that song a lot. So I uh, really want to hear the sadistic ritual side of that split as well. Looking forward to that. And alright, it is that time to announce the final song of the episode. I, of course, want to thank everybody for listening. As always, thanks for telling other people about the podcast. Uh, if you want to tell them where they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com or on the free Podbean app. And, of course, the uh, entire catalog of episodes is on Spotify as well, so you can find it and follow it there. Any sort of feedback or requests or critiques or anything you want to share with me or ask me, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And of course, please find and like the Facebook page because any sort of news regarding upcoming episodes or news regarding some sort of a delay with an episode or poll questions for you guys, the listeners, uh, it's all going to be posted there. So please find it and like the page. Yeah, um, I'm already I'm not all the way there yet, but I'm already coming up with kind of the, the bands I want to play for the next episode. Next one's going to be a normal episode for sure. Uh, like I said, maybe by the time I hit like maybe 144 or something like that, I'll I'll bust out another themed episode. But uh, there'll be some regular ones between now and then. And uh, yeah, we're gonna go to Germany here. This is a band that I first heard about from my friend Dave back in the day. Uh, the band is called Ascension, and they've been around since 07. It's a five-piece, and uh, from what I recall, I want to say there was at least one member of the band Secrets of the Moon. In, in Ascension at some point. Whether that's still the case, I don't know. Uh, I don't think they even share what their members' uh, names are at this point, so I have no idea. But um, Black Metal, kind of in that Merrimack slash kind of Watane-ish, but kind of different, like a little bit kind of moodier. Um, it's kind of a, a blend of kind of different uh, black metal bands, to my ears at least. But they've put out three records uh, up to this point. Uh, the debut was in 2010, and then one in 2014 and 2018, and they haven't done anything since. But uh, as you can tell from what I just said, they tend to take, you know, four years between albums. So at this point, it's been five. Not, you know, a huge uh, out-of-the-ordinary type gap there. So who knows if they're working on anything new or not. Hopefully so. Um, I'm going to play something off the debut, simply because that was the first I had heard of them from my friend Dave. Um, but all three records have been have been strong. Uh, I didn't always keep up with them right when they came out, but I would always kind of come across it and be like, Oh, they released something else, you know, let me check it out. And always enjoyed it, so, uh, but I'm going to go back to this debut just because that was my first exposure to them. Um, I'm going to play what is the closing track off of this album. It's the longest track, but it's not drastic. You know me, I tend to play uh, some pretty lengthy ones for the final song of the episode, but I'm going to keep it uh, under control for this one. It is under 10 minutes, I promise. So here we go. I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks with episode 141. Until then, take care. Here we go. Off of their 2010 debut album, Consolamentum, this is Ascension with Consolamentum. Cheers. Cheers.